As you all know, SharpFootballAnalysis.com is the best place for fantasy analysis and betting information. And next week, we are opening up the entire site to everyone. 2021 Sharp Football Free Week will kick off Monday, November 15th, and all of our picks, analysis, fantasy coverage, props, and content will be free and open to the public. Follow our site handle on Twitter at SharpFBAnalysis for information and instructions on how to take advantage. That's SharpFBAnalysis to prepare for Sharp Football Free Week 2021. Hey guys, just wanted to let you know this show was recorded before both the Cam Newton and Odell Beckham signings were made official on Thursday. Uh, We talk a little bit about uh, both of those scenarios. There's a bit of talk about the Panthers quarterback situation, how they got there. Uh, We do talk about the possibility of Cam coming in and there's a lot of uh, Odell Beckham talk uh, within the episode. Obviously, neither one of those signings really impact the analysis of what's going to happen in the games this week, which is mostly uh, what we're talking about. So for those signings, we'll have some written content on the site, and we'll definitely get into those next week. But for this show, it's talked about uh, a little bit, but doesn't change a lot about what we really talked about at the heart uh, of each game uh, in this episode. So uh, thank you guys for listening and enjoy. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rewire. Rich, here we are sitting here at week 10 now, double digits. We've we've made it pretty far into the season. Uh, still, I mean, we, we talk about uh, football uh, pretty, well every day, but uh, officially <laughs> recorded uh, every week on this podcast. Still have no idea uh, what's going on, especially when we look at uh, any of these teams of whether figuring out whether they're good or not. Um, we, you know, we spent an hour last week uh, talking about all these teams and I have no idea what happened in week nine. Uh, so we can maybe pretend that that didn't happen. So uh, as we head into uh, week 10, how you doing? Good. Yeah, we're officially at that through halfway of the NFL regular season. So the, the back nine, we can call it, so to speak, right now. Last week we were, I mean, I mean, the games were bad. And man, I don't, I don't think we said anything that was right that happened in, in those games. I mean, oh my goodness, what a, what a catastrophe those were. Um, eventually we'll do a mea culpa segment on the Titans. I don't know if we'll get there this show, but uh, we'll get there eventually because uh, the Titans uh, are not going away at any level. Yeah, they, they still remain a weird team where they're now the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, and I'm still not sure if I'm sold on them. It's not that I think they're bad because I I've gone to like they can sustain this, but you know the offense was not good in that Rams game. Uh, they stole a couple possessions. Yeah, uh, the defense. I mean the the front four has been really good. They've been they've been able to create pressure. Obviously Jeffrey Simmons took that game over. Um, you know, Harold Landry has been pretty good for a while. I've been underrated. He's a guy who can get pressure off the edge. Uh, Danico Autry, um, I remember writing up um, over the free agency, like he was one of my like favorite free agent moves when they brought in him and Bud Dupree. I like the Autry signing way more than what they paid for Dupree. That has been, you know, showing up. Um, he's a guy who's been able to, you know, create pressure from from the inside too. And 
Um, so they, they at least have something dominant right now, uh, which is something they can, you know, continue uh, going against. And obviously that was something that uh, was able to dominate a, a Rams team that uh, it, the interior of that offensive line can be uh, the weakness. So uh, if we're going to do that, do we just want to you know dive right into you know, Tennessee and New Orleans since we're, since we're I mean, talking about it? Yeah, yeah, we might as well. I mean, yeah, the, the yeah, Tennessee – I mean, the recent resume is hot. And then we, this is two of the weirdest teams in the NFL, like, right? Like the way they operate. Yeah. I mean, granted, you know, we knew what the Titans were. The Derrick Henry's made it be, the thing has made the, the element a little weirder moving forward. But the Saints, I mean, are legitimately one of the weirdest teams in the NFL. We've talked about this multiple times this season. Uh, Trevor Simeon's a disaster for three quarters. Like they, they just look awful. They look like one of the worst offenses in the NFL for three quarters. He rallies in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, they almost come back. The Falcons almost pull another lead. And then the Falcons, you know, obviously hit the C-pad on the long pass. Now we're probably looking at, we've got a vague Alvin Kamara injury now. Yep. Uh, I've heard high ankle and I've heard knee, but he didn't practice yesterday. And Nick Underhill, uh, you know, seems to be that, that it's going to be a, a situation where he's not going to play this weekend. So if you remove Alvin Kamara now from this offense, and granted they had Mark Ingram, uh, who's a guy they can at least give the football to in a functional way, but we're the cupboard is really bare right now. And especially if you're not going to play Taysom Hill, a guy who's like a, a wild card for the defense and just play like a drop back quarterback, like Trevor Simeon. I mean, how do you like create like any type of like functional splash plays without Alvin Kamara in this, with this set of surrounding, you know, uh, skill players. It's, I mean, it, this is, this is Sean Payton, like really going to have to get into his bag and really have to swerve into the, what he can create in this offense, because for what we saw for three quarters last week and what we've seen largely for this season, except for like a few spike moments. I mean, this offense is just absolutely garbage. How quickly can Odell Beckham learn a playbook? I mean, I mean, I don't know. We would get super into the Odell thing. And I mean, it's a spot where Sean Payne can scheme up, but I mean, like Odell's like damaged goods for this, the rest of this year though. Right. Like, I mean, he's got a torn labrum and he's got a sprained AC joint. Like that has to be part of why the, the at least he's, he needs to probably go somewhere and be like a, a complimentary piece for the rest of this season and then try to recoup. Right. Like, I mean, anyone trying to expect him to come back and be like an elite wide receiver through these injuries that he has, cause he's going to have off season surgery. Like they've already, he's basically already all but said it. So I don't know. It's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we're looking at the saints though, like, yeah, <laughs> You know, one arm, one arm, one arm Odell, Odell Beckham is still uh, easily the, the best wide receiver in that group. But, but if we like actually go to New Orleans, you know, like you said, it, it was not pretty, but watching Trevor Simeon, like he wasn't bad. I, I think he was doing, I, I wouldn't say he was like good. I wasn't necessarily impressed by Trevor Simeon. Maybe I was uh, based on, you know, my, normal baseline for what I was expecting of Trevor Simeon, but he was getting the ball uh, to some places where it, you know, needed to be. There were, there were a couple of drops and, and things. I think that the receivers really let him down a little bit. So I think that he, his performance could have been uh, much better if he had any receiver help. But again, that's also what we're talking about. The saints don't have uh, any receiver help. It's just the, the guys we kind of expected to be there. Like is, is Kenny stills the best receiver on the Saints right now, like it's just you it's know, just shade it, Kevin White. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, but the, the fact that he would even be in the conversation, um, you know, Marcus Callaway just you know hasn't been the guy we thought he could have been. 
after the preseason, um, that guy just has not completely shown up uh, at all. You know, Trayvon Smith just came back from injury, but he's always been, you know, hit or miss whether he's actually been productive or not. Um, you know, we, we were talking the, through the worksheet. Also, they, they don't really have a reliable, you know, tight end uh, to use either, which is usually what, you know, a, a bad or young uh, quarterback would rely on uh, with some easy targets over the middle of the field. And, you know, that's, that's been a Alvin Kamara role. So like you said, without Kamara uh, in this the offense, it, it's going to be, you know, really tough uh, to, to move the ball, especially. And, and so they're not going to have uh, like any quick game options um, against this, you know, the Titans uh, defensive front, which you know, could really be bad for, for Simeon. Um, you know, the, the New Orleans, the offensive line, especially, uh, is is still a pretty good. I think the the tackles are are a little better than the interior, but it's still um, good. So uh, I'm not expecting them to you know dominate in the way they did last week. But um, but yeah, there's just there's not a lot of answers for for the woman. So it, as whatever we think of what this Titans you know defense is going to be, which we've seen is a very high variance um, type of defense, especially in the back end. But when they're getting so much pressure, that obviously alleviates a little bit. Uh, there, but I mean, you just, it's hard to expect new Orleans to be able to move the ball at all. And they haven't been running it well, pretty much all year, even with Kamara, you know, the, in terms of like efficiency and, you know, getting any type of splash plays like chunk runs, uh, and the offensive line, it, it, you, they've just been shuffling guys in and out because of all the injuries they've had, you know, they, I think they, I saw that they're, they're starting five offensive linemen coming into the year have only played 22 snaps together this season. Uh, you know, Andrews Pete's obviously out now. So, I mean, that, that's still like kind of a, an issue with the amount of bodies that they've had to play. Uh, but I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it's hard to like really get excited in terms of, you know, what they can generate, but they've pulled a lot of these games out. We've, they've, they've come into these games, but we've been on, we've had this conversation at least two or three times on this show and they, they come out, they find a way to, you know, get enough stops on defense and score enough points on offense. Uh, so we'll see if they could do that here. And this would be so tip of so NFL, right? Like this NFL season as it's gone to have a Titans team that's run through the juggernaut of what they've run through the past month of beating the, you know, the, the, the bills, the chiefs, the Colts, and then the Rams, and then come out here and like play like a, 16 to 19 game against the saints and, and lose <laughs> like, yeah, but, no, that uh, sounds right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Titans. I'm excited though, because it was the first game for the Titans and it was a game that they led throughout and they had the multiple possessions that they stole, but they were, it was the first game all season. They actually had a pass rate above expectation. So, <laughs> I mean, a little bit of an inkling, a little bit of an inkling, you know, Julio's not been on the injury report all year. You know, so and, and AJ Brown is getting peppered with targets. So, I mean, maybe if they play a neutral game script, we're going to see them be a little more aggressive without Derrick Henry. Uh, they kind of have to be right. Like Deontay Foreman looked the best yeah. of the three guys last week that filled in, but we already seen like Adrian Peterson off the shelf, you know, came back and, and got enough touches and touches inside the five that like we see the role he's going to play in the offense. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was Deontay Foreman definitely had the most life though in his legs out of the three guys that, that took over last week. Yeah, I mean that that kind of sums <laughs> up the Titans right there. Um, so yeah, it's it, well, I, we kind of talked about this the last week. I'm interested in seeing what the Titans do develop into uh, eventually because they, it, it can't be. Oh, what it was, you know, it, and like we said, with the, the Henry injury, uh, you know, it it wasn't super efficient when he was in, 
right? So you you can't expect to be even trying to replicate that with with other uh, non Henry uh, running backs. So we'll, you know we'll see. They they still you know using the play action, using uh, those in breakers. I think they they set up a couple other things you know to the the outside uh, to, to a point where you know Jalen Ramsey was able to uh, jump one of them. Um, so. We'll see. I, I think there's there's still some kinks to be worked out in the passing game, but yeah, like you said, it was uh, you know slightly over expectation for for passing, but um, you know I think that's something that that's going to you know continue to develop. But you know with New Orleans, you know that that's still a defense that can play uh, pretty well, but they also are a defense that can be you know caught uh, occasionally. But um, you know the the Marshawn Lattimore of the world is a guy who can he's you know one of those guys who can look like a, a shutdown one week um, or even you know really play to play look like a shutdown corner one play uh, get beat on a, a double move the next play so um, Pitts had yeah. him Pitts had him last week for one uh, could yep. put that and dropped it <laughs> yeah uh, so it's 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 going to be you know we're. <laughs> going on a, a, a while talking about this game and then we just have no idea what either one of these teams is going to look like and that just kind of it feels like a, a lot of what the the nfl has been uh this year so let's let's move on to uh one of the other teams that uh uh played in that uh new orleans atlanta game and let's talk about the the falcons and cowboys because this is uh, a real interesting game because uh, dallas is coming off a game where they they easily looked their worst uh, from this year, getting just completely blown out uh, by Denver. And then Atlanta had that win where you, we were just kind of expecting them to be the Falcons and, and blow it late, but they were able to still, uh, they were able to to hold on it. And they look like a completely different team uh, since their bye. Uh, it's just been, you know, actually fun to why it feels like it, it took them a, a little bit. Like they, they were using quarter Patterson, they, they figured that out like real early. Like that was the first thing Arthur Smith figured out on this offense. We can move this guy around. He can be our running back. We can split him out wide. Uh, we can, you know, play to play. We can move this guy around. We don't have to, we can change our formation without changing our personnel. And I think that that's big. I, it took them a little while to figure out Kyle Pitts. Um, those first couple weeks, he, he wasn't really doing much. He kind of played more like a traditional tight end. Now he's getting targets, you know, down the field. Uh, and that's opened up the offense uh, a lot. And I think we, we started to see that, um, you know, especially the, this past week. Um, so I think this is going to be a more fun game than I, than I think maybe, you know, we would have thought looking at what the Falcons could have potentially been, you know, even a couple weeks ago. Hey, the Falcons are in the mix here. I mean, I don't know if that's like- the seventh seed. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily right like part of the the, the plan of the, the rebuild. If they're doing it, if it isn't is a rebuild, it's kind of weird. we're in a really weird state right now, right? And yeah. we don't really know what direction they're really truly headed. But uh, yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan's playing really well. Uh, basically, outside of that Carolina game, he's been really good. Uh, you know, since the opening uh, opening week of the season, he's been really solid. Uh, they're really. I like what they did with Pitts because you know Pitts came out after the Carolina game and talked about you know how you know he got the extra attention when, you know, playing outside, you know, the Stefan Gilmore, you know, they yeah. threw him at him. Cowboys don't have a guy to do that with him. Um, you know, maybe they could do it with Diggs because the Falcons receivers just aren't enough, but we saw them, uh, the Falcons adjust them. Well, they only lined him up out wide for 10 snaps last week. Right. And granted he had the one where he could have beat Lattimore for a big play, but they said, all right, well, if it's going to be a problem and teams are going to start defending him this way, let's move him around. He actually played in line 
for, you know, his most snaps since early in the season as well. So they, they moved him around a lot. Uh, so I like that they're actually, you know, being very cognizant of, uh, you know, how teams are deploying, trying to stop Kyle Pitts and trying to be a little, little chess match there. Uh, Cause he should have went over hundred yards last week. Easy. Uh, the receiver is still tough to really get a gauge on what's going on. No, no pun intended. Uh, uh, Tajay Sharp and Russell Gager are the two guys running the most routes. I know Ole needs a chaos at the two touchdowns, but he was really hardly on the field in that game. Hardly at all. Um, and like you said, Coral Patterson is basically filling in for Mike Davis and now Calvin Ridley. It's, it's kind of yeah. like both, 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 both spots uh, doing a little bit of everything. And when you have two kind of jokers, they have two jokers, right? Like him right. and Kyle Pitts, and they could do kind of creative things with them. We're starting to see Arthur Smith at least get a little bit of muscle flex going uh, on a week to week basis and creating some opportunities because both those guys, what they're doing when they don't even get targets are opening things up for other guys and big shot plays uh, for other players. So uh, I, I mean, obviously, we know what we kind of have with the Falcons from a schematic level, but I mean, the Cowboys uh, and what happened to them last week, you know, getting to smoke as huge home favorites. And you wrote a couple weeks ago about, you know, our you know, NFL teams blitzing the wrong players and the Broncos must have read that article. Right. Like the, you know, Dak comes into last week being one of the highest blitz quarterbacks in the NFL and the Broncos were like, nope, we're not going to do that at all. We're not going to send any blitzes at him. They only blitzed him on 14% of his dropbacks. Uh, and, you know, Dak was out of rhythm. They, they attacked the Cowboys totally differently than teams have attacked him. Uh, Denver has different personnel, a lot different personnel than Atlanta to be able to get away with that. But uh, it was, you know, it, it, you can see how it threw Dak off, though. And he came off the calf injury, and it was one of his worst game, easily his worst game of the season. But uh, it was interesting to see how – Denver decided to not really send pressure at the Cowboys, which is what teams have been doing against them. Yeah, that, that was always the weird. I kind of equated to, you know, some of the teams that they had played, which were, you know, more heavy blitzing teams. But um, yeah, and, and but last week they were able to, you know, get pressure with Ford. Not having Tyron Smith uh, was a, a, you know, a big part of that. Uh, and I think we've just kind of seen, Dax splits with and without Tyron Smith and just the Cowboy splits in general when he's not on the field is that that's a huge uh, piece of that offense. So yeah, the, being able to quickly get pressure with four really threw off the, the rhythm of, of what they want to do. And then Dak was just off you know, pretty much the, the entire game uh, because of that. So um, we'll see what this, you know, Atlanta team uh, is going to do because they are, they, they don't really have a choice. Right. They are they they don't have the guys to to rush with four. Um, you know, they are, are actually only blitzing on uh like 17%. And I think we, we kind of saw uh, there was a clip going around uh uh for uh, Dean Pease, maybe it was like last week or a couple weeks ago. Someone asked him, you know, why he wasn't descending pressure, um, and he was like, "Well, we're we're not getting home on the pressure. Uh, <laughs> we're not we're not getting home when we blitz. So why would I send an extra guy if we're still not going to get pressure? And then I'm leaving my secondary out to dry. So I think he he's still figuring out, you know, what what this defense you know, where it can be because, you know, in, in his bones, he, he wants to blitz. He wants to be sending guys, um, you know, they can still do some of those, you know, simulated pressures where they're stacking the line, still rushing for, but you don't necessarily know which four are going to come. But I think Dax, you know, smart enough to, well, he's one of the best processors, both pre and post snap. So now I'm not totally sure how much, you know, that would, um, you know, you know, really confuse him because he's going to be able to get the ball. He's going to be able to, you know, figure some things out there. Um, and so, 
you know, Atlanta just, they still just don't have the guys on, on defense to, to really make that kind of impact. So definitely expecting, you know, Dallas to, to get back on, you know, to what they've been doing early in the season, really. But, you know, the AJ Terrell has been really good. And I think, you know, really underrated corner. He was uh, starting to play really well last year. Um, and and now uh, coming in, he's he's been you know one of the better corners uh, in the league this year. So that's a really fun piece uh, for the Falcons to. Do we have, have the on lamb side. The lamb Terrell dynamic uh, is here <laughs> because yeah. you know everyone said that they you know that was the the guy that they should have had. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, uh, but I mean, the things have you know worked out you know slightly well for for you know Atlanta. They're they're still doing you know some some good things. Um, so yeah, it's just it's going to be interesting. But you know, one thing with Atlanta, the offense of how they've completely turned around. I think I'm going to be you know writing about this. Um, and they've they figured out how to how to push the ball down the field, and that's really been one of the biggest things uh, that's happened you know since since the buy. Um, but through weeks one through five. Uh, Matt Ryan had an ADOT of 6.3, which was 32 of 33 quarterbacks uh, with at least 50 passes uh, in that stage. Uh, since the bye, the past three weeks, uh, ADOT of 8.5, which ranks eighth. Uh, so they're, they're pushing the ball down the field and it's not even, uh, with, you know, more or play action. They, it's about the same amount. They were 18% before the buy, only 16%, um, after the buy per sports info solutions, they're, they're running motion uh, a little more, which is something they weren't doing uh, quite as much. So they are you know, using some of those pieces uh, uh, to move around. So as they've been able to push the ball, uh, they, and they've also been more successful before the buy, Matt Ryan was three for 11 for 102 yards on throws that went 20 or more yards past the line of scrimmage. The past three weeks after the buy, he's nine of 13 uh, for 351. So obviously he's not going to be completing uh, you know, it's 70% of his deep passes, but I think they are opening up those more. He's more willing to throw. Uh, so I think that's one of those things where, you know, we, we don't know who Trayvon Diggs is going to be covering, but, you know, we've talked about it. He's the guy you can, you know, kind of get on, uh, you know, some double moves or whether that's going to be, you know, uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, just potentially like bodying, um, you know, Diggs or, or having, uh, or having you know, Cordero Patterson out there, or if, you know, Dallas is, just going to have him on one of the wide receivers, kind of like the old, like, you know, Richard Sherman uh, type thing where, you know, you send one guy out to digs and, you know, you're just not going to throw to him. And that means, you know, other Dallas defenders are covering, you know, Pitts and, and Patterson. So I think that's going to be, you know, an interesting dynamic uh, in that game too. So yeah, um, I think this, this can be a, you know, a really fun game where I think both of these offenses are, are going to get, uh, Atlanta is going to continue on track, I think, and Dallas is definitely going to get back on track after uh, that Denver game. Yeah, I mean, and the Cowboys are getting Gallup back, which is, you know, they've got enough guys to where yeah. they don't have to throw whoever AJ because everyone else has been bad outside of AJ Terrell. So, I mean, we saw with Blake Jarwin's injury too. The Cowboys were an 11 personnel team. You know, Dalton Schultz was basically a full time player and they just lived in 11 personnel. Some of that was game script, I'm sure. But with Gallup coming back, I mean, and paired with Jarwin, the timing of Jarwin's injury, it lines up to them just still swerve in to be an 11 personnel team, uh, especially against this Falcons defense with one good defensive back. Yeah, you you would like more than one uh, good defensive back when you're going to be playing the Cowboys. Um, So let's let's move on here. Let's uh, let's hit Carolina and Arizona, which is. 
uh, and now an interesting game. So listen, just take your moment right now. Cause you know, we, we, we I, it's, it's not, to... <laughs> I don't know if it's fun anymore. Like, so I was, I was very, I liked what the Panthers had done. Obviously, like we we've had multiple discussions about this, you know, in, in the off season while we were, you know, leading up. Um, and yeah, I just, everything I liked about Carolina was held back because of what Sam Darnold could potentially be at quarterback. And he's been exactly what he, I think he's actually been worse than what yeah. I thought. And I had very low <laughs> expectations for what he could potentially be. And we saw the first, you know, couple weeks they were, they, they Jared Goffed Sam Darnold as well as, you know, someone non Sean McVay could, you know, Jared Goff is someone that the training wheels were so completely on that offense. He was barely throwing the ball downfield uh, that was working. The, the defense was uh, incredible. So they had a lead all the time. They didn't have to play from behind. We saw pretty much from the first time that um, that Carolina had to you know play from behind in that uh, was it, like the, the third game. Yeah, it was, game. It, it was completely like that derailed. Like from the first snap, they trailed. It completely derailed their season, and we kind of saw what Darnold was was going to be. And it's just it's it's just so disappointing because like it was so easy to see coming. Like we we've had this it. it we had the sample of Darnold being this guy, uh, right? So, and, and I mean, when you look at Carolina, it's just upsetting for what they, you know, just could be doing. I mean, we were just talking, you know, they had Teddy Bridgewater, who, you know, was not great, but he was fine, right? And I mentioned this a bunch, like they were able to create an offense around him that that was able to work uh and it was less training wheels than what they had in the first couple of weeks with with sam darnold and then you know bridgewater got hurt you know part way through um uh, toward the in the second half of of last season and then the the offense tanked a little bit but through like week 14 this was still a top 10 offense uh by dvoa so you know i i wrote about it at the time the sam darnold trade was was a move to make a move at quarterback. It wasn't necessarily a move to get better, right? They thought they needed to do something other than Teddy. So they brought in Darnold, uh, but didn't necessarily mean it was going to be better. And and now we've seen it obviously hasn't, he's completely tanked, you know, the offense. Um, He's just not a guy who's going to be able to, you know, drop back and, and read coverage. He's going to, you know, you know, throw these dangerous passes. And we just kind of, you know, saw it against new England. Like I'm not sure there's a quarterback. Uh, Bill Belichick likes to scheme up uh, against more than, than, than Darnold. Um, you know, that was obviously, you know, the, the seeing ghost game um, with, with the jets, uh, you know, you just, you know, have these, you know, types of plays where they're able to, you know, ha- have that sim pressure either or bliss and they just have corners that are able to, you know, jump these routes. So well, when you look at what the, what the Panthers have done, it's just, you know, it's, it's just from, from an entire, you know, roster building perspective, because now they're going to be in, in the same place again. And the biggest unforced error was picking up Darnold's fifth year option, which now under the new CBA is fully guaranteed, which is about $18 million. Um, so when they pick that up over the trade, they now have $18 million guaranteed on their cap for 2022 uh, for a quarterback. They now they cannot have on the roster. Like you, they're you pretty just, open about it now. You, you they're can't. Pretty, yeah. They're pretty open about it. it. It took them 10 weeks to get there. And it's just, uh, it's you know, for, for a lot of other smart things. I think this, 
team ha- has done. It just uh, completely uh, derails them. And, and now they're, they're in a worse place heading into 2022 looking for a quarterback than they were in, in 2021 um, you know, when they made this, this Darnold trade. And, um, and when you have now the, these pieces, these young pieces on defense that are starting to develop, like you do need to figure out what that quarterback is going to be, or you're going to waste this defense because by the time you figure out what a quarterback is, um, you know, you might not have this great defense anymore because we know you you can't rely on that. So just, you know, overall uh, for, for Carolina, it's just, uh, I think they're, they made a really big mess and it's their own fault. Uh, really. Um, I think they, they could have stood pat. They could have been fine, you know, before as well as JC Horn was playing, like you take Mac Jones or Justin Fields at, at that pick, which you, you know, could have done. Like they, they didn't have to make that trade. And now it's really, I think has made their way out of this just so much harder. Now they're going to play an Arizona team that was just able to beat the San Francisco 49ers with Colt McCoy without uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So we, uh, we might be getting Kyler back. We might be getting DeAndre Hopkins back. Um, so, you know, Carolina now after uh, this, uh, after this game. So right now they are, they're 26th uh, in DVOA. They're 31st in offensive DVOA, right? And they're going yeah, to they're be playing. they're ahead of the Jets. They're basically as bad as the Jets offensively, which is amazing. Yeah, it just, which is nuts. Um, so, you know, Carolina four and five, they're probably going to sit four and six after this game. It's just, you know, it's, it's tough to see what this team potentially, you know, could have been and kind of what the box they they built themselves into, which is just, you know, not good. So this, this Arizona team and with, you know, this, the Panthers offensive line, which was, you know, clearly a problem. Uh, but now we have them going against this Carolina or this Arizona defensive front, um, uh, which is really good and create pressure. Uh, you know, there's still blitzing, but they also, you know, don't have to, even with the loss of JJ Watt, they're still getting pressure and Marcus golden, uh, three sacks, last week he's been great he's uh, i think 15th in quarterback hits uh he's uh like top 10 in sacks right now um he's uh tied for the league lead in, in forced fumbles so like they just have guys who are able to get to the ball that the, their corners are guys who can you know take advantage of of uh, mismatches and and they can you know have those high upside plays um that they you know want to have so it's just uh, I I don't know how this gets much better for Carolina. I mean, the defense is is still really good, and you know they're still doing their part. But like I said, the, the offense is so bad. And I don't know how PJ Walker gets them out of it. He was fine in his spot start last year, but you know it was against the Lions, and it was a game where they just kind of nursed their way through the game. Um, they were winning basically twenty to nothing basically the whole way. I think Stafford played really bad that game too. Um, but you know, so far we've seen Philip Walker come in and he's completed his three of fifteen passes since he's since he's in the little spot starts that he's had to come in uh, uh, for, for Darnold this year. But, I mean, yeah, they're paying Teddy Bridgewater $17 million this year. And then next year they're going to be paying Sam Darnold. <laughs> they, I mean, and it's just like, yeah, it's it's unforced errors. Which is, they, and not even that they could have taken one of the rookies, which you can factor in, but you alluded to it too. They could have taken Rashawn Slater, at, you know, at that spot. And instead they kicked the can and brought in Cameron Irving and Pat Elfine. Like, you know, they, they tried to discount you know, dollar store, the offensive line. And that's also been a problem. 
So it's just like, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, confounding errors and how they built the offense. So everything they've done on defense has been good, but everything on the other side of the ball has been more of a problem. And, and I still don't even believe they're using their wide receivers correctly either too, but it's hard to tell because the quarterback plays been so bad. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, so that's, that's, it's, that's, it's a mess. that's one of the crazy, I mean, like the, the Robbie Anderson thing. Well, even is, Terrace Marshall, like all these guys are playing positions that they probably shouldn't be playing. And right. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like we talked about Robbie Anderson all, all the time last year, and the the role they had him in in that that slot was able to you know win off the line, had those you know two way goes. Um, yeah, he was just so good in the short area, and they were just like, what if we just didn't do that anymore? Um, <laughs> it's just well, that's what they did. All the things that yeah. they did well last year, they basically said, what if we don't do that anymore? Yeah, it's kind of, it's, you know, gone a little beyond the quarterback too. So um, I don't know if they were like, you know, trying to super overcompensate for, for the quarterback and, and that's what has mixed everything up. But yeah, it's just uh, nothing is working well, but for, um, I I think maybe we we can mention per uh, Jonathan Alexander, who is the Panthers beat reporter for the uh, observer, uh, the Panthers are going to meet with Cam Newton. I mean, whether that, that, I don't, I don't know if that fixes anything, but uh, as at least the half of this podcast has been very uh, pro Cam Newton and that he was not (laughs) quite as bad in 2020 as, you know, some of his numbers would think, uh, I believe per report, he is now uh, vaccinated. So that uh, also uh, uh, another uh, check mark to potentially bring him in. But yeah, if, if Darnold is going to be out, which that entry apparently, you know, does seem to be, you know, Matt Rule said it was going to be like five weeks at least. Um, yeah, I mean, why, why not bring him in? Um, so uh, I think that that'll be interesting. But uh, so we, we haven't talked about, you know, in Arizona uh, quite as much, but, you know. They're, they're good. Yeah, they're good. And and one of the cool things is how how well they they scheme some stuff open, like with Colt McCoy. Um, I think that was like one of the better. It was uh, Kyle, maybe Kyle Shanahan in in the way that like having the worst quarterback kind of opened things up for the offense because it kind of forced uh, the head coach to, you know, uh, scheme some things open and figure out how to get the most out of what that offense uh, was going to be. Um, we thought Matt then, LaFleur might do something like this last week. And that yeah. Did not, and that Oof. did not happen. Oof. No, it did not. Um, so, but yeah, so I think, you know, once we, if we get Kyler back, I think, you know, having that as a base now might be able to open up some more things. Like obviously this run game has always, you know, been good. And, and even, you know, without uh, Chase Edmonds, James Conner is, you know, more than good enough to, to step into, uh, you know, that role. Um, you know, Benjamin is a guy that is, is really fun. Um, yeah, it was seventh round pick, I think, uh, two years ago. Uh, or last year, um, uh, mm-hmm. but he, he had the the big touchdown run uh, in that game. So I think he can, you know, take some more snaps there. So uh, there's uh, Arizona is a team that just is continuing to to get better. Also, I think they're they're figuring some things out. This isn't um, this hasn't been an offense that's you know DeAndre Hopkins go stand on the left side of the field and and will throw ISO routes to you. Like that's not this offense uh, anymore. Um, there's still been, you know, some, you know, Kyler to go make something happen uh, to the offense, you know, throughout the beginning of the season. But I think a lot of these pieces are, are starting to really mesh well together. Um, and, and that's been, you know, really exciting. And I think going to be a big part of the second half of the season. So as we move on here, what we can get to, I think, uh, you know, 
Seattle and Green Bay is, I think it's tough to talk about because we can talk about all we want, but then we're going to have one quarterback coming off a serious, you know, hand injury where he hasn't been able to, you know, throw a ball uh, for the past couple of weeks. Uh, we're potentially going to have one quarterback who hasn't been in the facility or like legally been able to do anything for the past uh, like week and a half. So uh, who knows what <laughs> quarterback play is going to look like uh, on either side uh, of the ball there. So I think it, this is just, I feel like this is just kind of a, a wait and see of uh, we don't know what either quarterback or, and, you know, by extension, these offenses are going to look like. Yeah. And it's like I said, last you kind of hinted at it, you know, but it was, that was like Matt LaFleur's like first real like test for me, you know, last week, you know, what, what can you do? You had a chance to flex your muscles, you know, without Aaron Rodgers on the field and he, he failed. I mean, it's not like Jordan Love didn't play good, but also was not put in any position to, to do anything successfully. Um, and you know, you saw it immediately, right? The the first time, like the first time the Chiefs dialed the blitz and like Jordan loves reaction, Steve Spagnolo was just, you could just you could feel it, right? Just like, like Steve, oh yeah, I'm going <laughs> to do this all game. I am just going to spam blitzes like all game. And like, yeah, and they did so it was disappointing to see Matt Floyd do the opposite we saw from Cliff Kingsbury. And listen, we are I've given Cliff a lot of, of grief. Cliff's been in his bag this year, man. Cliff's, Cliff's doing a good job. And Cliff's done a lot of good things well for as much as the decision-making we give him uh, hell for, like the fourth down decision-making and the kicking. But, uh, you know, we saw it in year one based on the personnel they had, like him being able to create like a run game uh, and kind of adjust to Kyler, rookie year Kyler. And then this year, the think of all the moving pieces they've had so far to start the season and how good it's been for the Cardinals offensively. But Matt Floor did none of that last week. Um, and, and I don't know what they did with Aaron Jones last week at all. Like, I don't know what's really happening with, with Aaron Jones. Uh, you, know, you know, two weeks ago, they knew they were going to make him like a focal point of the offense because all the receivers were out. Then last week, he just disappeared in a game where you have Jordan Love. Like, like he, he hardly even played at all in the game, uh, which was very odd because he's one of your best players. Um, you know, Devontae Adams couldn't practice till late in the week, and you could see there was no rapport with him and Jordan Love. Um, and the thing with Rodgers is you just don't know, uh, you know, health-wise. You know, we talk about, you know, people can be flippant all they want about, you know, what's going on, but everyone that's had the illness has reacted to it differently. What if he just doesn't have the stamina? What if he's, you know, impacted? What if he doesn't feel good? We don't know these things. Right? It's all unknown. So they're a big wild card this week um, and definitely a little bit sour taste just what they did. But then we know the Seahawks, though, like even getting Russ back, like they're not going to do anything fun. Like they weren't doing anything fun the first three weeks before he got hurt. Like Russ, Russ has been amazing this year when he's throwing the ball. I mean, nine and a half yards for pass attempt, but 27 pass attempts per game. Uh, We're doing the same thing that we've always done. They, they, because the the first three and out Seattle has any game, they immediately revert back to just doing what they do. Yeah. Uh, And Pete, Pete can't help himself. He, you know, one bad possession. Uh, So, I mean, it's rough. This team can't get to the red zone. Uh, you know, even even before when 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 uh, when Russ was healthy, their offenses was basically predicated on did Russell Wilson complete a long pass this drive, and that was the offense. That was essentially the offense for the before Russell Wilson got hurt. Uh, so I mean, I mean, we're to see what happens. We know what we got like personnel wise. It just depends on what what they can do uh, in terms of allowing the shackles to be lifted off of you know. Jojo, uh, Shane Waldron, and letting Russell Wilson throw the football. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to watch the game because there's a lot of good players in that game. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah and, I, it's I so mean, frustrating. 
No, but I think, I think this should be a game where they do throw, right? Especially with the cornerback situation that, you know, Green Bay has, you know, Jair Alexander still out. Uh, Eric Stokes, I think is going to be out. Who's, you know, been you know, up and down as a rookie, but ha- had some bright spots. Uh, that kind of leaves you with, you know, the Kevin King as your top corner. Um, and that's not a place you ever want a defense uh, to be, even though like he has, you know, some upside plays this year, but uh, again, still has been just, you know, Kevin King by and large. Um, so when you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett there, like this, this is a game where you, where you should be trying to, uh, you know, uh, test those corners. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Well, like I said, it's, it's a lot of this game is up in the air. You know, there are some places where it, it should, you know, we, we know kind of what, what should be done, uh, potentially, uh, when, when you're looking at, you know, this in the abstract, but whether you know, we're going to see, uh, any of those things that uh, happen is you know, we, we just don't know. This is kind of a very much a, a wait and a see game. I, I like the idea that someone had of, uh, uh, Odell Beckham, um, you know, doing the coin toss sitting in a suite and then, uh, the, the, the winner, uh, he signs with, I think that would be a fun way to, uh, the Packers are the team that make this the most sense to me for the reasons I laid out. I feel like he's, he's hurt. Is the big thing is he's hurt. So you counting on to be your wide receiver one, like the Patriots or Saints would, is I feel like a lot to ask. But having him play along Devontae Adams, now this is something I can get on board with. You know, so the Packers don't make these types of moves though. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um and uh who knows? I mean, we'll we'll see. Apparently, you know, the reports are that the the, the Beckham thing is going to um, you know, it take a couple days. Um I mean, Seattle, which is be, code for I didn't get anything, any type of response that I thought I was going to get. Well, yeah, it, it kind of <laughs> seems like a, a lot of, I think his offers are, are kind of for, you know, the vet minimum, which you kind of, you know, makes sense. It's not that uh, the teams aren't interested in the Odell Beckham. It's just very hard to yeah, just have any, any type of, you know, financial commitment at this point of the season, especially f- just for, you know, the remainder of the seasons. Right. So, you know, we, we see big extensions coming, but that's usually, you know, to push money into the future, but if you're gonna, only going to be signing Beckham for the rest of 2021, which is probably what he wants to re hit the market uh, for, you know, 2022 mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, th- there's not a lot of way to, you know, free up the money there. And there's, you know, still, he has, the, the the offsets with you know Cleveland so you don't want to you know go over that because then you know then you're on the hook for so it's it's a kind of a more complicated you know money situation so I think there's there's not one that blew him away so obviously I think he is you know thinking of of the fit and I think that that's part of it um I mean he's he's still getting open like we we kind of talked about this he's you know not going to be uh, the, you know, take a slant for 80 yards guy to completely bail out the offense. But I think he's going to be going to better situations no matter where he goes. Um, you know, it's just, you know, there, it's, there wasn't where he wins. And I think where Baker Mayfield wins, I think we're just two different spots. So, you know, the more you kind of dive into it, it just kind of feels like there might not have been a worse, a quarterback and receiver kind of where their strengths overlap uh, type of thing, just like throws to the outside, um, you know, like 10 yards or more like down the field. That's just like, it wasn't where Baker Mayfield was, was going often. Um, so I, I think he, he still has something to, to bring to uh, an offense and, and we'll, 
we'll see. Uh, obviously, I think, you know, it shouldn't be, you know, all pro expectations or, or anything, but uh, I think he, he's, he's definitely has more than what he showed uh, in Cleveland. So um, I am really uh, intrigued to see where he's, you know, going to go. Um, all right, let's hit uh, Sunday night football, Kansas city. Um, you know, here we are uh, the 10th week in a row of uh, what's going on with the chiefs. Um, but you know, this, so the last game was, you know, obviously not great. Um, but the interesting thing is, you know, we're talking about all these, you know, two high shells, that's what's slowing down. And, you know, there is some truth to that, but, you know, we've talked about that so much, but. Yeah, but we're, it's, be, it existed last year and they and they were still good. And, and right. for six weeks of the season that happened and they were still good. Right. There's more to and, it than that. <laughs> but the, the, the thing is here we're going against the uh, uh, Raiders yep. uh, defense right now that plays uh, that shows a, a single high shell on uh, the most the snaps or it leads the league in, in one high shell on uh, pre-snap looks uh, is has runs the second most uh, middle of the field close of so that single high post-snap uh, in the league. So uh, we'll, we'll see um, if that is, you know, something they, they stick to. They've kind of been that, I think they're, they're kind of the, the lone, the cover three, um, you know, yeah. uh, a team left uh, in the league as a lot of, you know, all these other defenses have, have shifted to those, those two high shells running more quarters, running a little more cover two and, and that type of stuff. But um, the, you know, but the Raiders are, are sticking with that cover three and it's, it's worked for them. Like they have been able to, you know, play pretty well. Casey Hayward has, has played uh, pretty well. I think that, you know, still have some, the question marks across the rest of the secondary, but you know, the, but they have you know that that pass rush that's been able to yep. get there. So um, I think that's 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 an interesting dynamic that um, you know the, the Chiefs haven't really been able to handle pressure um, all that well. I think that's kind of sped up um, you know Patrick Mahomes uh, of what he wants to do a little bit. Like he used to you know move from the pocket, extend plays. And I think he's like so worried about getting the ball out. Um, and I think that's kind of where part of the, the disconnect uh, has been. He's not, you know, he, he's not breaking the pocket, you know, looking for the big play and hoping, uh, you know, something to like Tyree Kaler or Travis Kelsey is going to, you know, go down the field. Um, he's, you know, breaking the pocket, just trying to get the ball out. And I, and that's, that's a big piece of uh, what has been missing uh, in that chief's offense. And then you look at, you know, Travis Kelsey, they just haven't been able to get him going because the teams have you know, really been you know, playing him like hard. Um, you know, they're, they're pressing him off the line. Like he, they are playing like real physical with Kelsey. And I just, he hasn't been able to get off it as much to, you know, have those option routes to, to get open and find space. So he hasn't been as quick to do that. So those throws haven't been open. You know, we talked about how throwing to Kelsey underneath was just, that was the cheat code against, you know, too high coverages last year. And they just haven't been able to do that this year. I mean, again, you know, this is another place where I think Beckham would, would help just having that, you know, other wide receiver, right. Because they just, they don't have that guy. Like Sammy Watkins was there, uh, you know, when he was on the field, it was at least another guy you had to worry about. And they, they just don't really have that. Um, it's just, you know, so you can, you know, either, you know, double, um, the Kelsey or Hill, you can play them close. Uh, and so there's, there's just the other options just aren't able to, you know, create a, any opening. So, 
you know, you have to rely on, on Kelsey and Hill, but so much more of, of the defensive focus is, is on those two guys. So, um, but now how the, how the Raiders adjust here, whether they are going to, you know, stick with what they've been doing, or if they're going to, you know, go to, uh, you know, what all the other defenses in the league have been doing, you know, they're a team that's not going to blitz. So that is, you know, mm-hmm. what, um, you know, that, that falls in line, but I, I think how they play coverage on the back end, uh, is certainly going to be interesting for this game. Yeah, and we seen last year they pressured Mahomes a good deal, and Mahomes was bad under pressure in those matchups. But you know, when they weren't able to get home, he absolutely roasted them. Uh, they were kind of the weren't the, I mean, they were one of the first teams that kind of opened it up for for people to start doing this. It was about that loss to the Raiders last year where people started to adjust. You know, the and teams just started sitting back. Uh, I know Houston did it right out right out of the gates, but. It was kind of like that was the the point where it's like well, we're we're going we're going to try to get home with four as much as we can and the Raiders can do that. I mean they are right now you know sitting you know what fifth in the league in pressure rate without blitzing ever basically. So if you can get there, that's been Mahomes been the, the last you know on this downswing. There's a number of things like you said. It's not just too high shell. It's and there's a there's a number of things they've been facing this for two years now running uh, Mahomes one just isn't really playing as good the offensive line isn't playing as good they're doing some things schematically to offset like what the approach would be to attack these defenses they're just not really getting any splash plays on the ground at all I mean Daryl Williams is Daryl Williams has 19 or more touches in three of the past four games they're trying to run the football but he's now fifth in the NFL below rushing expectation so as, as much of a donkey pick, we think the pick was for Clyde Ritzler at the time and, and what a reach and it, you know, they had actually more needs than people assumed then they actually do need Clyde Ritzler on the football field a little bit. I mean, he was still a guy that was a baseline runner where Daryl Williams is just so subpar. You're not even able to get the yards as blocked for you. So, I mean, th- there's something else that can help. I mean, you know, if Mahomes can just, you know, for, kept clean, he's been, he's been poor, everything's dropped. There's no one's playing really as pristine as they could be. Um, I'm more interested in the Raiders side of the Raiders side here. The chiefs were still kind of waiting, right? Like they're, they're still kind of like figuring this thing out. We know they have the talent to figure it out uh, at least at the, at the, at the main spots. Um, Like I don't think anyone expects Mahomes to really play this way the rest of the year. Uh, We know what he's capable of, but the Raiders have now, you know, we've seen now two weeks in the, during the season where they've gone through something in house that is kind of really, impacted them on the field uh and you know they, they bounced back both those weeks i'm really curious to see how they do this week because you know this team was kind of structurally built to, to play against the chiefs um yeah and you know they add you know deshaun jackson now to fill that vacated vertical role and asking deshaun jackson to carry that kind of you know involvement in terms of maybe on the target tree is asking a lot but just schematically being a guy that that can run those routes and kind of lift the lid of the defense they I think really is need that yeah, it was very clear last week that they just they didn't have that at their disposal. And it played, I think Derek Carr had, I think, his lowest A dot of the season last weekend. I think one of the mm-hmm. lowest uh, of the week, um, you know, uh, against the Giants because they just they didn't have anyone they could run down the field. And I think that, like you said, not only, you know, Derek Carr was pushing the ball down the field uh, and he was doing it. Well, like it, and it wasn't the you know oh Derek Carr's having a good two weeks throwing the ball down the field like it, it was more consistent, um, and so you know whether you know obviously Deshaun Jackson 
like you said, not going to be a guy who's, you know, maybe you get like four routes out of him, <laughs> you know, who knows it's Deshaun Jackson. It could be, you know, an injury could be around the corner anytime, especially when you're sending him down the field that often, um, it just at, at his age and obviously with, you know, his you know career history, but that's just, that's a piece of that offense. Uh, they, they really need it, uh, whether it is, you know, throwing the ball down the field or just opening up, you know, more of that intermediate, they just, they didn't have anything opening up. It was running routes to that intermediate. There was nothing taking the top off the defense. And I think you saw like with the giants, they were just able to sit and, and jump routes. You know, the, the, the Xavier McKinney picks, you know, he didn't have to worry about anything going deep. So he just played everything in front of him, was able to break on the ball. Uh, and that's where those, you know, two picks came from. So, um, you know, who knows how effective Sean Jackson is going to be, but that, that vertical element in the offense was just, it was, was missing so much. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how much of an impact that has. Yeah. So I'm excited to see the Raiders and how they come back, you know, how they bounce back. Like you said, not only just playing defense, they did get Waller involved, you know, for the first time in a few weeks last week, uh, Carr just missed him on a couple freebies. I mean, they they were as bad as it was. I mean, you know, if they convert in the red zone, you know, they, they, they still yeah. might win that game. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, how they come back and bounce back. They bounce back. This is a season. I mean, everything they've gone through, uh, you know, in-house, it's it's kind of a team that's it's easy to kind of on the outside, just kind of root for some of the pieces here, uh, you know, kind of coming together and some of the stuff they've gone through. But uh, this is an interesting matchup on Sunday night. It, they, these two teams played two shootouts last year. Maybe we get that in the cards, too, and primetime football is fun again. We were spoiled for so long. Uh, I mean, Bears, Bears, Steelers did get there in kind of a weird way last week, but it wasn't in it wasn't, the weirdest way. But Let's, it wasn't. It wasn't. You like don't it want was to good. replicate that. <laughs> it wasn't like it was good. But uh, these two teams did play two really fun games last year, though. So uh, maybe we can get some some spillover into this season. Yeah, that would that would certainly you know it'd be <laughs> nice. And I think we, it, this is you know a game where, you know, like we said, just every week we're like, all right. The, this is what's happening with the chiefs, but there's enough talent here to, to, to figure it out. And just, we say that every week and it's been, um, it just hasn't completely Find it a way to win, which helps them at least. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's kind of flipped. Like the, the defense has played better over the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, they've, they've been able to, you know, figure out where to blitz. I think, you know, Daniel Sorensen has not been in coverage, you know, quite as often. Uh, so I think they've, they've started to, you know, they're not going to be a, a great defense or maybe even a good defense, but, you know, being not the worst defense in the league, which they were, you know, over the first, you know, part of the season um, is, uh, you know, it's certainly going to help. And I think that that's been, you know, the part of it, you know, like you said, with, you know, how often they, they blitz. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, you, you know, just look at your love. I mean, look at their layout, and it's very easy to see the correlation of what's happened with the Chiefs, right? Like, their wins this season are against Baker Mayfield, uh, Jalen Hurts, Taylor Heineke, Daniel Jones, and Jordan Love, and their losses are to Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, uh, you know, Josh Allen, and Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see uh, where, where now they've Carr got, they've got there. Derek Carr. We'll see. He can go in either end of the spectrum. They right. got Dak Prescott the week after that. Uh, but then the rest of the season, like it's pretty open. They do get, you know, obviously Justin Herbert again, and then they get Joe Burrow, but the, you know, they still have two games left against the Broncos. I mean, all their games left are division games. They've only played one division game so far. So if they can kind of squeeze these out and win these division games, they're still going to be in a pretty decent spot, you know, at the end of the day, regardless of where they are now at five and four and how jumbled it looks right now, because so many teams have so many division games left 
we talked about with the with the Browns last week a little bit, just how many like, was, everything was still in their hands as bad as it had gone because of all the division games they had left and they win one. So, I mean, we still have all these, all these division games left for so many of these teams and it's going to shape up so much of the playoffs uh, picture when we finally get there. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, we're, if, we're at week 10 feels like there's been you know, a lot of football, but there's still a lot of, of football left. Um, yeah. So the 49ers and, are the opposite boat of that. We saw them be their backs against the wall against division game and they lost it. And now they get another, now they play the Rams and Basically, it's the, it's almost their season. NFC is still wide open because Atlanta is hang like you said is, is hanging on to that seven spot, and they're only a game ahead of the 49ers. But I mean, you go to three and six, like I don't. I mean, I don't know what what the move is after that for the 49ers because I, I assume it still won't be Trey Lance. I mean, I mean that's that's the move that's left, right? Like what what else can you do? Um, yeah, it's just it's. I mean, as, be- as much as uh, we do want the mo- that move to happen, I mean, I don't know if necessarily the, the past two weeks where they've won, you know, against the Bears, but I mean, Garoppolo wasn't the problem last week. Yeah, but he's just like, he, I mean, he is what, you know. The problem he is, is, is he's not, it's... yeah, the problem is the Garoppolo is, he's never a reason why they win. Right. He's never going to elevate anything, which, yeah, which was the, the whole difference. reason behind taking Trey Lance and, and moving up in the draft to take a guy who can create uh, on his own. Um, so if, if that's not an element you can you know, put in the offense at, at any point this season, then kind of, um, yeah, I think you're, you're setting yourself you know, back you know, quite a bit. Like they, they obviously did not expect to, to be here right now, whether it was with Garoppolo uh, under center or with Lance. Um, you know, they, they were not expecting to, to be an under 500 team. Um, so for, for what they, you know, they, they've been doing, I think we, you know, there's been a lot of the, the Kyle Shanahan talk uh, over the past week after, you know, last week's loss, you know, and when you lose to a Colt McCoy led team that you know, obviously is going to be a, a discussion, but just, you know, the, the pieces that Kyle Shanahan has brought in for Kyle Shanahan to coach there, there's been a big, big disconnect there. And, you know, we've, we've talked about that over the past, you know, a couple of weeks with the, you know, you have Ayuk in, in, in the doghouse, you have, uh, you know, a, a Trey Sermon who can't get on the field um, uh, despite, you know, uh, you know, using, you know, significant, you know, draft capital to, to bring him in. Um, so you know, like, there's just, there's the things that from the player acquisition and development um, a part of it that that's not working out. And like, he's, he's still a good, you know, play designer, play caller. Um, you know, you're, you're still getting, you know, those, those openings, but. Well, the same thing when, happened to his dad. This is the yeah. same thing as that happened. To his yeah. Dad. And I, I think that, that, that's been, you know, the coming a lot, out <laughs> a lot too, which, you know, the, the comparisons there, especially it's like to the, the end of the, the Mike Shanahan era. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, there is no easy in-season fix right now. You know, you can put in, you know, Trey Lance um, at some point to kind of, you know, see and, and jumpstart that development because, uh, you know, if he's healthy, there's not a lot he's, you know, learning on the bench. Um, and I think we, you know, kind of talked about that with, with rookie quarterbacks also. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's the thing's not looking great in, in San Francisco right now. So I think they, they kind of have to step back and, and really, you know, t- take a look at, at what they're doing as a franchise that, you know, on a whole to kind of, you know, figure out yeah, how to move forward. There, there's not a lot of in-season, um, you know, uh, 
answers, you know, outside of, you know, just kind of putting Lance in, but who knows if that's, you know, really going to, to help them uh, at this point. And then, you know, especially when, when you look at, you know, what this division is, it's tough because, you know, the Rams, you know, they had their, you know, first bad game the uh, last week, just kind of everything that could have gone wrong, you know, went wrong. Um, you know, the, the pressure gets to them. They have, you know, uh, the, the, the uh, Matt Stafford went full Carson Wentz, which you never want to do. Uh, and, you know, the, the other interceptions. So, uh, you know, but they've been doing, you know, things so well that, uh, you know, I'm yeah, them expecting. and the Cowboys are two teams I'd fully expect to bounce back this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's no expecting the, the Rams to look at anything like they did uh, on, on Sunday night. So I, I think, and that, that's going to be tough for, you know, the 49ers too. I just, they, they don't have the pieces, especially at cornerback right now to, to hang with uh, the guys that the Rams have. Um, so I, I think that's been, you know, for, uh, I think D'Amico Ryans has been doing a good job as defensive coordinator, uh, scheming around the pieces that they have. And I think they just, they don't have the pieces on defense to really, you know, hold up in coverage as well as they, they would like to, um, the defensive front is not getting, you know, quite as much pressure as, you know, you would think that defensive front you know, potentially could. So I think there's just, there's, there's a lot of things that, just aren't clicking as well as they could in San Francisco. And I think that that's certainly not going to help them uh, against a team like the Rams who are going to be looking to, to bounce back after what happened last week. So on, on that note, I think we've, we've hit uh, everything we, we should be talking about. Um, you know, left off you know, a couple teams, but uh, I don't think that's, that's going to be uh, too much of an, an issue. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it looks like a, a fun slate of games. Hopefully it, it bounces back from uh you know, the watching all of what happened in week nine was certainly like, if we could not do another like six to nine uh, game this week, that, that would be great as uh, we're, we're going through it. But here we are uh, week 10. Um, whew, we're rolling through the season here. So um, we're going to uh, end here for today. A reminder, you can find all of our work on, on sharp football analysis.com. Uh, you have all of uh, Rich's content from, from the worksheet um, uh, DFS stuff, uh, player rankings, uh, for fantasy, uh, you can be all looking all of that on sharpfootballanalysis.com. Reminder that Rich's uh, fantasy show and our, our betting show with Brian McChrystal, uh, all on this podcast feed. So uh, please uh, subscribe to the Sharp Angles podcast feed. Uh, you can uh, you know rate and review the podcast, uh, which uh, helps us out greatly. You can find Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. I'm not going to be able to do that.